The message that I'm going to speak about today might not seem to relate so much particularly to the younger set of my audience. But it is still applicable. And it was Ecclesiastes that said, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, you know, tried to encourage him how important, you know, what was happening in their youth is. And by that I'm saying, you know, they're not probably thinking so much about eternity right now. There's a lot of other things. And I don't know about you, how much maybe you've been thinking about eternity. But let's read some scriptures here. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. How many know that's faith? <laughs> you know, you're traveling to where you don't know you're going. And you're not even sure what, you know, the path is going to be to get there. It's about trusting God. Just obeying. Leave. You know. When I go on vacation, I like to kind of map out where I'm going to stay because, you know, I like to have a place to sleep when I get there. <laughs> By faith, ah, uh, let's see. Not knowing, okay, all right. He dwelt in the land. He was sitting in his promise. But he was not taking hold of the possession of it. Because there was something, you know, more to it than just the physical. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. These are all powerful things. The blessing, the man that's going to bless the whole world is, is dwelling in tents. So was his heirs, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also therefore since all these things will be dissolved previous verse says that everything that you see you can touch it's going to melt 
And based upon that, of the temporariness of everything, how should we live based upon that? Shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Thank you this morning. I've entitled this message, Beyond the Horizon of Earthly Life. I believe that life needs a balance beam. I believe the scripture gives us that balance beam. And the question we would ask this morning, are you planning for eternity? You say, Pastor, yes. I plan for eternity. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So you got your ticket. How many know eternity is a long time? Yes. Abraham. And all of these scriptures that we read speak about life after earth. Life after earth. What manner of persons ought we to be? Think about it. A balanced beam in life that can keep our life on center and stable even while we're traveling earth, sea of life. At some point in life, in salvation, but also in our daily activity, we have to learn, you know, the necessity of taking the long view that deferred gratification, you know what I mean, will cause us to live differently. A higher purpose. The true end of things. A view that we need which reaches beyond the immediate concerns of today. And boy, have we had a lot of them. That view of eternity that is that holds hope that holds promise but it also comes with a warning our perspective on life in the future has an amazing impact on the decisions of the present. As we age and the term of earthly life winds down, there is a change, a natural change that takes place and so I think the scripture says that we need to live in consideration. We need to handle life, its variables, its blessings, and its challenges, you know, of eternity. 
When we do that, it'll press upon us to make better decisions. I forget who it was that made the statement, only one life to live, and only that which is done for Christ is going to matter. This life is fleeting. This is not news to you. Just a reminder, it's fleeting. Our life here is temporary. Our life there is eternal. What we do, though, here affects eternity. It's a vapor, James says in chapter 4, verse 14. Yes, it does. It's a vapor. See, when you have your eyes on eternity, it means that you have your eyes on the one who has his eyes on you. That living for God means living for eternity in the here and now. I think if we if we have a perspective of this, that we can live more fearlessly in the face of opposition. In the face, you know, uh, of the enemy that, that it does his best to try to shake your faith. Yeah. When life is difficult, when you're living in tents, when the promises have not yet become a reality. It's good to know that there's a season coming. And it's a season that doesn't have time limits. But it's eternity. Paul made this statement in 2 Corinthians. He says, if our earthly house is destroyed... We have a, another house waiting for us. There are some things you don't get here that are still promised. A perspective that says, what comes next? What comes next? I think that that, that eternal state that is our future that can give us a long view of life. Is it worth it? Should I believe? Should I fight the good fight of faith? Should I journey sometimes not knowing where I'm going? And I'm not even keen on the path that is being, you know, that I'm taken. Like lost in the wilderness. I don't know what decision to make. 
I don't even know what the immediate future holds, but I do know what the extended future holds. Beyond the horizon. Beyond the horizon. David said, No, Job said that if life slays me, yet I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Well, he was in the mix, wasn't he? But it was the long view. that got him through the short time. Hallelujah. We live in an age where the short view is encouraged. Life is short. Live for yourself. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow, you know what I mean, it's over with. Live to please yourself. Find out who you really are. Number one is most important. The culture. You know, and it says that Job, as he lived in the midst of that culture, it vexed him. I mean, there's a, there's a real, you know, push and pull. Should we stand strong or should we just go ahead and, you know, be neutral on this thing and Beyond the horizon. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, beyond the horizon. After the cross. Why is it so important? Because there's a battle for the mind. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. He'll no doubt conduct his life with this perspective of how he thinks. Whether it's a short view or whether it's the long view. The Christian life is fundamentally not about our best life now. It's about our best life comes after. Mm 
Now, I love the book, Our Best Life, you know, now. Joel Osteen wrote it, so it's not a pick on that. But I love the book, because I love the positiveness. I think that, that, that angle gets you through life. But the best life comes after. If we have hope only in this life, we are miserable. Why do you think our world is so miserable? Because they got to have it today. You know, if they don't get it today, how many know that there's a kid in us that gets frustrated and, you know, you know, we throw fits and tantrums and, you know, we might not get on the floor as adults and kick our, in, in, you know, kick our feet, but I was talking to God the other morning and I was telling him, we were talking, so you gotta understand, you know what I mean? I'm not telling God, I'm, you know. I was, I was using the, the passage of scripture that, that he was, he can sympathize with us, you know what I mean? So I felt at liberty to go ahead and, you know. <laughs> I know you understand God, so, or Jesus, you understand this, but, you know, and I said, you know, I, there's, there's just a, I was telling him what, he, what I didn't think he did. I could tell him, you know, I just really, you know, I think he came up short. It, and seriously, he said very gently, boy, it sure sounds like you're murmuring and complaining. And then, of course, I remembered in 2 Corinthians, he said that, you know what I mean, uh, chapter 10, God says, I just don't like murmurs, people when they murmur and complain. So I had to shut that one off real quick, you know. I had to find another avenue you know, to get my point across. But that was kind of a little bit, you know, two-year-old, you know, kicking my feet on the... Lord. John, the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, the angel gives him an invitation. An invitation to look at the long view. And it, it is not just a, a spiritual, you know what I mean, uh, 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 kind of, but it's a, it's, a, it's a real physical material view. He says that, come, and I will show you the bride the lamb's wife and he begins to 
share, paint what he saw. He gives us that invitation. Take a look. Take a look. And he starts out by saying that the glory of God is there. Now, I, I don't know exactly what that is. But that's the first thing you will notice. There is a glory here, but there is a glory <laughs> over there. Peter said, we have only tasted of the good word of God and the power of the world to come. There's so much more. And then he begins to paint that picture a little bit of that city. Our best life comes later. But our lives right now should reflect that eternal perspective. It should reflect it. I know, Paul said, in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able. It's important to cultivate in our souls by and large an ache for the, for the beauty of the age to come because then it will effectively equip us for the life that we have here and now. Philippians 3 and 20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven. It says, From which we eagerly wait. Yes. One is always to hold on in our mind our final destination. Our final destination. That even though there's a brevity and shortness of this life, there's an eternalness in the life to come. And it was Jesus himself who spoke and also the apostles that said, you know what I mean? There's going to come a day when, when God's going to rectify absolutely everything. God's going to make the, what is not to be what is.
So because there's a future reward that is intended to give you joy and me for the journey. Yes. Beyond the horizon. It's far greater than the physicals that we know today. What God has in store is beyond our ability to even begin to imagine. The disciples one day asked their Lord, what are you gonna, what is the reward? What's the benefit of us just giving a sold out life? What's the reward of it? I mean, you know, salvation is pretty easy, isn't it? It's a gift. Can't earn it. Well, what you do or what I don't do isn't really, you know, changing that gift any. But what we do can change what happens in eternity with relationship to each of us. So, he said, you know, well, there's more than just houses and lands. There's some thrones and there's some ruling that's in store beyond the horizon. And if you are faithful in little things, you will be granted bigger things. An eternal perspective. The passage of scripture that we read that Abraham looked for a city it just energized his heart. It energized his life. That beyond the horizon is something that God has planned and God has built, God has made. And it just so happens to be the greater fulfillment of the promises that we enjoy in limited fashion here on earth. Yes. A view of more than earth, but a view of heaven, it enables us to respond to life with all of its injustices. 
knowing that God will bring every work in to judgment. Nobody's getting away with anything and nobody is, how do I put it? You don't think you're getting a reward? You are getting a reward. He's not missing a beat. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, because in my Father's house are many mansions. These guys are down. They needed something beyond the horizon of the present. You know, we're here alone. See, the Holy Spirit hasn't yet come yet. He told them there's going to come, but how many know that there's a lapse between the promise and the fulfillment, and that can be a challenge? Waiting. Wait for the promise of the Father. Forty days, actually fifty. Fifty days. They gathered, you know, in prayer. One place. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. Now, I don't know if everybody showed up every day at the same time. I don't know those things, you know. Uh, just knowing humanity, there's probably a little variableness there. But it did happen. Waiting. Waiting. The focus of beyond the horizon produces an endurance and a perseverance. It gives a joy, it gives a peace, and it, you know, gives us a hope. hope that is greater than all the hope that we live by, you know what I mean, and, and, and encourages our life right now. Now it was very encouraging, the hope that was given to us at the report of the doctors. But there's a greater hope. It doesn't minimize that hope there, but... That one's temporary. The other one is eternal. Eternal. You just can't go wrong doing God things and doing what's right in this life. Because it will majorly enhance your role in the next life. Now you're all going to get a new body. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but from there, I'm not really sure that this is totally accurate, but, you know, my teachers talked about, you know, the fact that 
in Revelation when it says God shall wipe away every tear from their eye. They taught us that he has to wipe away the tears of disappointment. What could have been? What could have been? Hallelujah. We live in between the now and the not yet. And there's some things that go on between the now and the not yet. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said there's a whole lot of groaning and there's a whole lot of burden taking place between the here and the, and the not yet. We groan in the midst of the imperfect, the broken, in the strugglingness of reality. What we call where the rubber meets the road. But Scripture encourages us, you know, to look forward to that when, when that reality is pl- replaced with something far better. When he said... We know that if this earthly house be destroyed, we have a building of God not made with hands reserved for us. Hallelujah. When you're young, it doesn't stand out quite so great, does it? But when you start to get old, you, he said you start to, you know, something better. Isn't that what it says that Abraham, he looked for something better. How many know that he had a good? Man. Yeah, he had his issues and, you know, just natural things, but... I mean, this guy was a commander in life. Not only a commander in life, but a commander in the, in the society of nations. But he said there's still something better. There's still something more. And he says we need to look for it. In other words, you know what I mean? Not like... But have a perspective. Last one of the musicians to come this morning. We groan when we hear the hurt and the loss of a friend. We groan because of the physical challenges we have. All the arenas that affect our life, they cause us some groaning. Can disparage us even. But he said we also should groan for that better place. And when Paul writes that, he's telling us, I want to remind you that your groans are temporary. They're temporary.
for our light affliction is but for a moment compared to the eternal bliss that awaits. I'm not sure how many of us might qualify with regard to our lives that it, that it, you know, that it's all that rough. Right? That doesn't mean it still doesn't await. When you are in those moments of groaning, when you're in that waiting period, sometimes when that agony is there and there's a cry in your heart, it's just echoes of the future. We get swamped by it. And God says, I need you to get the message from it. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. You got it good now. But it's a nothing in comparison. You're blessed now. But it's nothing in comparison to the blessing that awaits. You have glory now. But it's nothing in comparison to the glory. There's a song that I grew up on, and it says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Him. One glimpse of His dear face and all trials will erase. It will be worth it all. He that endureth to the end, hallelujah, will experience the fullness of this salvation and the power of his resurrection. Then the old writer said, but until then, my heart will go on singing. You don't have to play it. But until then, with joy I'll carry on. 
until the day mine eyes behold that city until the day God calls me home he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God I believe that it will help shape our lives. I believe that this focus is not merely on heaven, but on life now, lived in the light. wonder in my youth by youth you know I don't mean I'm 13 14 I was a young man they began to say that the church had kind of become so heavenly minded that it was no earthly good I don't think that's possible think that's possible I think when we come so earthly minded we're no heavenly good <laughs> no heavenly good so Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. In between the now and the not yet. He said, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Set your mind. Because as best as I can calculate, there are only three things that get to heaven. The first one is people. The second one is prayers. And the third one is your works. They get to heaven. Everything else has a value but they're temporary. And Peter said that it's all just going to melt. It's just going to be a melt. Don't worry. Not today. Not tomorrow. Stand with me this morning.
encourage you today. Of what you've done and what you do for God and for the things of God. It never goes on notice. It is never lost. There's a story of a missionary and I believe it's a true story. He had spent his life on the mission field and he'd become aged and it was time for him to come home to the shores of his homeland. And it just so happened that on the same plane was some celebrity. And as the celebrity got off the plane and as this missionary got off the plane, there was an entourage of people giving the tribute and excitement and honor and glory to the celebrity. The missionary, as he came down the plank and when the soul nobody there to welcome him nobody to say anything about what he had done no one to go ahead and acclaim the work and he said father I've given my life and there's no one here to welcome me He, this guy, he has a group of people just honoring him. The father said, you're not home yet, son. You're not home yet. fit no your belief system don't fit the way you walk doesn't fit the way you think doesn't fit but it fits with God okay sorry the view of heaven and eternity will illuminate our journey here when we lose that, the light, you know, kind of goes dimmer. And I don't know if you thought about this, but death stands behind you, not before you. He that believes in me shall never die. 
we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death but that is all it really is it is a transforming transformation journey a birth canal hallelujah father thank you today I thank you for the packages that you're delivering right now. I thank you for the order that you've given. The set date for that delivery. I thank you for the address that you've placed upon them. They will not be lost in the delivery process. But they shall arrive at the right address. We thank you this morning for both the small and the great the great and the small. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give the Lord a praise today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If your hope is just you, you're pretty miserable today. But if you see the greater hope, attached to the present hope, hallelujah. Now, go with God. He's going with you. Thank you, Lord.